Hey everyone, Dustin here. We had Sage Alvarez in for an interview, and we had some technical difficulties bringing that audio into the podcast. You can still find that audio, though, in the actual interview video, and we'll have the post and the link up on our YouTube channel and our Twitter feed. So make sure you go to our Twitter feed, find that link, click on it. It's a great interview. Sage is a lot of fun. Thanks again. We hope you enjoy. Welcome in to the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. It is week one, episode 16. Sage Alvarez, everyone. Make sure you follow him over at saged underscore up and on Twitter. Thanks again, Sage. Travis, boy, oh boy, what a week one we had. Lots to talk about, but first, let's go ahead and talk about one of my favorite things. Where we got it right, okay? Because I like that idea. That's what matters most. You know, I, let's. I'll st- I'll kick it over to you. Tell me some things that you were a hundred percent right about, and then we'll talk about some things that I got right, and then we'll just end the show. We'll just end the show right there. There's nothing else to talk about. We got everything right. I think the two boldest calls that I had this week, getting both of those right is my favorite thing. Logan Thomas over Terry McLaurin in any format was one of my calls. That is not a call I will make the rest of the season. But I I got it right. Move. Logan Thomas with the touchdown barely knocks out Terry. The second one was Corey Davis over Allen Robinson. And I actually, in episode 15, said I would take Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson, Corey Davis, all of those guys over Allen Robinson versus Jalen Ramsey. I wanted no part of it, and for good reason. That game was ugly for the, the Bears pass catchers. That was a great call. Great call. Much to my chagrin. That'll be the worst game. Worst game for Allen Robinson of the year. It was a good one to, to go with Corey Davis. I was excited to move Allen back into the lineup this week. The last one that I had a note on was I, I wanted to see, and I thought that Sam Darnold and Robbie would connect on a long one versus their old team. Just a little FU. And boy, did they. That was pretty. Yeah, Darnold and Robbie looking vintage there. I don't necessarily know if it counts as vintage because vintage is something like that's older and you want it back. I don't think you ever want anything from the Jets. <laughs> it increases again. in value. Right. So, yeah, it was something that you had seen before, and we'll leave it at that. Darnold and Robbie. <laughs> Robbie having that long touchdown probably saved a lot of people's weeks and saved a lot of people's oh, opinions yeah. on him. Um, but anywho, the things that I got right – I mean, mine are more kind of subtle. You know, Callaway, Marquez Callaway, I, you know, obviously said to sit him, as a lot of people were. Jair Alexander shuts anyone down, and Marquez Callaway is no exception, uh, especially with the low passing volume. That was a bit of a surprise, probably, for some. And that wasn't as easy of, uh, of a sit as you would think because of the preseason hype sure. and him being the clear one there. It took a little bit of. Ah, uh, do I want to do I want to spray water on this this fire that is Callaway? And you did, and you were right. Yeah. Um, looking at a lot of my uh, calls, uh, the other two were are all they're all Saints related, and I didn't realize that until now. Um, but this is going to lead right into our our keeping the receipts segment. Some things that we had called out last week, 
that we want to kind of check the receipts on and see how we really did because no we didn't get everything right um i'll start off with some of the things that i said that were also some of the things that i called and deontay harris was a sneaky flex play not a lot of volume but he did catch a long bomb touchdown from Jameis. which again if you had him in your flex in the deeper league that was very nice and whereas i technically did take an l on the Jawan Johnson context of our segment, I said, if Troutman's healthy, make sure you play him. Jawan Johnson, obviously having the two touchdowns in the you know red zone target for Jameis, had a nice, nice game. Troutman still led the Saints in targets. I'm still going to count that as a win. That's what you want to see. I mean, technically it's not a win, but it is what you want to see at the end of the day. So you can feel good about the L if there is one. Right, so... And especially, like, some of the things we talked about last week, um, you know, target volume is going to be an indicator of success, and that's what you want to see with Troutman. I'm encouraged, again, even though I didn't get the W. But you called a decent one last week. Uh, something that you were looking in, into was the Melvin and Javante split, and it does look to be about even. Um, you know, both looked good, and Melvin had, you know, 100 yards, and we'll talk about him later in the, in the, the show. But... About a 50-50 split, and that's about what we expected, huh? Yeah, I think it'll be that way for a while. As long as Melvin is healthy, there's no reason why they would not give him the ball. He's a good football player and a big guy. Um, he took one to the house. I, I was not expecting any 70-yard touchdowns out of Melvin Gordon, so that was cool to see. Right. I mean, we're going to get into Mostert and the Sermon uh, dynamic. How sad. Oh, my God. My heart is broken again. His knee is unfortunately we found out made of paper mache. Ugh. And now yeah. we do also have some insight into the pass catcher hierarchy that is in San Francisco. Brandon Ayuk a surprising low totem pole find and That was wild. Trent Sherfield uh showing up and being spoken about as being impressive during camp and then we all get to learn about the inadequacies of the san francisco beat writers as no one was talking about brandon Ayuk, <laughs> um pretty yeah. much sucking during training camp and people. then after the game the beat reporters like oh yeah we know we all knew he was kind of not being favored well maybe let us know well maybe just say something he's struggling to be a pro he was breaking out all last season what is he struggling with exactly that could be preparation that could be attitude that could be a bunch of different things man what Look, a shame this may be what i'm getting shades of dante pettis and oh I'm no 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 out. don't go there i'm freaking out he's too good for that he's he's much better than that i think they're oh, trying sure, to they they're trying are. to prove a point they, knowing that they could whoop detroit they said maybe yeah they, i think so i mean that was just we'll get into more of that later Kittle was himself, uh, didn't quite have the biggest game, um, but I think a, ba a bounce back is coming for him. And then you were talking about Houston. My gosh, what a surprise. I No one expected the Jacksonville Jaguars to be world beaters, but they looked particularly awful, and they're like, you know what's better than one? Two number one overall picks. They're mine. And then Houston's going to be like, yeah. Yeah, we said the question was was – was quite literally, is anyone going to be playable in Houston? And the answer is yes. Yeah, two people were Brandon quite Cooks. Nice. Great day for Brandon Cooks. Um, we had a note that we thought it would be Cooks, but we just wanted to see it with our own eyes with Tyrod, uh, because this is the first 
non-elite quarterback that Brandon Cooks has played with. And right. he looked like Brandon Cooks. He's going to be a reliable wide receiver, too. And I would probably say yeah. mid to back end wide receiver, too, the whole season. I, sure. I wish I had more Cooks. Yeah, and we'll talk about Ingram here in a bit. Um, back to some of the things that I said last week. Again, I'm not going to reiterate um, the Callaway pick. One thing I had talked about, though, was the Ravens' backfield and the offense in general, just with the amount of injuries and the kind of whole state of the team being in flux. The Ravens' backfield, a split essentially between uh, Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray, sprinkling in the Trenton Cannon salt on top, if you will, of this Tyson. Tyson game. looked good, man. Tyson did look good. He had some bursts. Latavius pounding it into the end zone as he does both getting touchdowns i mean they were both usable as flex plays and it was nice um i don't necessarily know that we had any questions answered we saw that they're both going to be used um yeah but we haven't really seen enough to know like okay this game script indicates that tyson is going to be more involved in the in the game plan or because this game was very back and forth, and that doesn't lend you to a lot of the the mindset of the coaching staff. So, to be the or the eye test alone did say. I mean, to me, watching the game, Williams looked yeah, much ty- better. He's explosive. He looks spry. I think that they will, as he gets it, he will he will start to take that over. Yeah, Latavius looked like a grinder, which is what they need. We haven't seen Devonte or Le'Veon. I hate that I had to bring them up. I am I'm very sorry. We probably won't see much of them. Probably not. Um, you know who we might not see much of either prime Saquon, because I brought up the giants as well last week talking about, I wanted to see how Daniel's Daniel Jones looked, how those weapons looked. And here's my, my quick synopsis. Galladay wasn't the worst. Okay. He had a decent day. You know, he didn't kill you. Didn't excite you. You know, you're not playing him as your wide receiver one usually. So he put up, you know, if it's PPR, put up 10 points, put up, you know, 64 yards, four catches, no touchdowns. Sterling Shepard does what Sterling Shepard does. He sits on your bench and then he gives you a hundred yards and a touchdown. So you weren't getting any value from the people you started. <laughs> That's a great description. He does what he does on your bench. Yeah. And Saquon, again, we'll talk about him in a bit as well, but nothing super exciting. Daniel Jones didn't look particularly sharp. Uh, this whole offense just kind of looked like milk toast. Nothing you get excited about. Do you have Barkley anywhere? Yeah, I've got him in one league. Okay. I don't have any shares. I was scared of it, uh, just how long it would take to come back. I don't even think that's the issue. I think, like you said, it's going to be the offense in general. It's, no, it's the surrounding It's going to be a problem. The surrounding parts. It'll be the sum of the whole, and the sum will be small. Yeah. Mo- rolling right along, though, into our starts of the week, your quarterback start of the week was Jalen Hurts. And yeah, this baby. This is a yes, win sir. for you, no doubt. He put up. 7.66 points over projection. What's Mine our rule? Was, you got to you got to clarify gotta, here. So you to have get to get a be, to get a win. To be a win, you have to be 5 points over your projection. Sam Darnold regardless was not of position. That, regardless of position. Sam Darnold did not do that even though he did have honestly not a terrible game. He didn't lose the game for them. And you know what? He could have been a a a nice quarterback in a two quarterback league or super flex league. I'll leave it at that. He really felt like he had more than 20. I watched a lot of that game because I have McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Yeah. And watching that game, I was like, wow, Sam Darnold is racking it up right now, especially with the rushing touchdown. For sure. And then he just, he really, like you said, he just gave them what they needed. 
and he they didn't need him to be slinging it around. But I am excited about the Carolina offense. DJ Moore, I feel much more comfortable with now sure. after watching that game. He's so and good. Got a very, this is my first year having him. That's a big dude. Like he doesn't seem no. that big, but he's yeah, big. He's, he's he's stout. He's strong. And, he's strong. And they've got a favorable schedule coming up, so I I am looking forward to seeing how that develops. I've been a DJ Moore fan. Unfortunately, I sold all my shares of him one year but too early. I I'm excited, <laughs> right? I'm excited to see where he goes. Um, run, running back starts of the week. You look. I don't like how you tried to sneak it in, saying that it almost could have been a W. Look, I said I cannot. I cannot count it. It is not your, a win. But your pick is Raheem Mostert, yeah. and you tried. You tried to say, oh, but the backup had over a hundred and a score. Had it been Mostert, it would have been a W. No, no, because injury is baked <laughs> into Raheem Mostert. You take this, is this good L. Point. Good point. It is you an take L. Take this L, and you go home. The bigger L, not to not to bring on too serious of of subject here, but the social media backlash that Raheem Mostert and his wife got after his injury was so unnecessary. Don't be a part of it. Just don't do it. These we're, they're playing a game, man. Look, we get to enjoy. We get to. We are privileged with this game because of the sacrifices that these players make. It, to, to take the time out of your day to make sure or try to degrade the situation of these players. Look, that's trash. That's that's a trash fan. We don't want that here. He's a million times more upset that he got hurt again than you are that he gave you 20 yards. I right. promise you. It's not worth it. Don't be a part of it. Be better. Please don't do that. Um, Back to you. Tyson yeah. Williams, start of the week. Tyson Williams was my start of the week. And you know what? I was happy with it. Um, he did give you... Uh, the necessary points for our system to be a win. He gives you that. He had 15. He had 15. Oh, wow. He had 15. Tyson with the dub. 15.4 points in a standard league even. And Oh, wow. Yeah, so he he killed it. I want to see more of it, Good though. call. Good call, So Dustin. I'm going to take the W there. I didn't get many of them, but I'm taking it. My wide receiver start of the week was Michael Pittman. Look, oh, everything no. stacked up. Everything looked good coming into this. And the look, the the secondary is weak. They they had some problems. Carson Wentz is back. Michael Pittman is the the alpha. And wouldn't you know it? Zach Pascal shows up. He he Sterling Shepard this entire thing, and scored the touchdown. He is that guy that no one talks about, but yes, he's technically on the team. He went three for 29, Michael Pittman did, and that's an L. Look, I'll take it. I'll take it here. And they were down the whole game. I And that's kind of something I was, uh, you know, accounting for is that they're going to have to throw it. But three, yeah. three passes. Look, look at the stats, and then all of the running backs on that team got receiving work. Eight. You know, eight uh, targets for Jonathan Taylor, nine targets for Naeem Hines. What are we doing here? Okay. Phillip Rivers is out of town. There's no need to check it down that much. Like, get out of here. Let's talk about Justin Jefferson. Go on. That's not much better. Jefferson did not have a feast of a day like I thought he was going to have. It ended up being Thielen. Uh, He got both touchdowns. Jefferson with nine targets, Thielen with 10. So the call on the receivers was close. I just chose the wrong one. That will be an L for me. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It makes me sad. Moving on, Justin Jefferson, brighter days ahead. Adam Thielen, I did have some shares of Adam Thielen, so 
I will sacrifice an L for those points. Moving on to the tight end start of the week. Logan Thomas, as you said earlier, great call. And I think he could be in for maybe even some some more production, um, even without Fitz gone. But uh, playing against a Chargers team, even though they lost the game, he he played very well. And like you said, he did outscore Terry McLaurin. He also outscored, like I said, George Kittle. Um, you may not have that in our recording, but at least in my head, I was definitely thinking Logan Thomas over George Kittle. So right. I'll take that win. No, that no, just kidding. Move. I did not. I did not have him over Kittle, as I, we all said. <laughs> I called him over uh, Terry McLaurin. I said that Derwin James and Chris Harris are going to smother Terry. I got a little bit of help from the Fitz injury, I think, because they would have kept forcing it to him, but. Nonetheless, it is an L because he only went over his projected points by .64. He didn't hurt you. He helped you in that tight end slot, but he did not serve as a tight end start of the week, as we like to define it. Who was your tight end start of the week? So, caveat, as I said. Um, big I, pick. Big pick of the big, week is what we call these. Big pick of the week. And, look, I I started off with Jawan Johnson and and – I had Adam Troutman in there as well. I said, if Troutman is healthy, start him. And I also brought and up. And he was. And he was. He was healthy. He led the team in targets. But that's, look, you don't win the week because you got the most targets. You've got to score the most points. And Juwan Johnson scored two touchdowns. And, look, I'll take the L on this one. Juwan Johnson showed that he is a red zone favorite of Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston only threw it five times. It feels like this game, uh, but he threw it five. He had five touchdowns, and two of them going to Juwan. Look, tight ends are fickle, and you don't know when one's going to blow up. Juwan Johnson, two touchdowns that already puts him in the you know the the top tier of of tight ends for the week. So, I I'll take the L on Troutman, but again, something to be encouraged by is that he led the team in targets. So the count after week one is one win each. Jalen Hurts being mine, Tyson Williams being yours. We're tied 1-1. Absolutely. And make sure you stay tuned uh, on the Friday episode when we do our week two big picks. Big picks, baby. Big picks. Look, after a week of football, you have you have you know big things happening. You've got big value and big busts. Uh, two names, though, that I want to bring up uh, that we could possibly see as sell-high candidates, and I think you should because you saw something that you weren't sure you were going to see, and I think you might be on that cusp of some people feeling like it confirms their biases or confirms what they already thought about a player. Melvin Gordon is the first name. He played 50% of snaps, and he had 101 rushing yards Look, maybe someone didn't watch the game. Maybe they didn't see that he had a 70-yard touchdown run, okay? 11 carries. 11 carries and 101 yards. Look, maybe the point total is all they're looking at. He also had three receptions for 17 yards. Look, Melvin Gordon is still talented. This offense is still going to be able to move the ball, even though um, though there have been some turmoil uh, that we'll talk about later as well. Melvin Gordon, I would say, is a sell high at this point. Not to say that he's not going to have a few more good weeks, but look, I think that Javante Williams is going to take over this backfield, and Melvin Gordon is slowly going to be phased out, or 
at the very least, this is his ceiling. This is probably one of the best games you're going to get out of Melvin Gordon this year in this role. Yeah, you won't see 18 again. You're not pro- you're pro- like you said, you're not going to see that total again. This is the week to sell him, possibly get value for him, and if he does produce, then you know what? Then you know what? You got value for him. Yeah, so I want to talk about just for a second. It's easy to say sell high on a guy. The question is, who am I selling him to and how do I pull that off? So for me, right. The strategy is Melvin Gordon is probably your RB three or four if you drafted well. And you need yeah. to find a team that Melvin Gordon would be their RB two, whether that was the Gus Edwards owner, the Mostert owner, maybe somebody's freaking out, hasn't seen the news that Ronald Jones should be just fine. There's going to be people out there that need Melvin Gordon more than you do. Find that person that he will be a starting RB2 or flex for. Go upgrade your tight end. Go upgrade your wide receiver too. That's how you pull that trade off. You've got to find somebody who Melvin will start for right away. Right. Maybe it is someone who thought Philip Lindsay was going to be the back in tech and the Houston Texans backfield and not Mark Ingram, who got 26 carries last or this week for That's, 85 yards. It has yards to be game touchdowns. That, look. They were ahead, and they probably knew, look, we have to give him all of the carries in, in, that we feel like we're going to be ahead in an entire season in this game. Yes. And so they gave him 26 <laughs> carries, and he managed to turn that into 85 yards, which if you do the math real quick, that's not a lot. Okay. Watch him finish the season with like 30 carries while the, while the Texans had the lead. 3.27 <laughs> yards per attempt against the Jaguars. Please sell him. Look, move. He is on. he is not move on from him. He's, he's got to move him. He's never been a prolific pass catcher. He's not going to be a, a workhouse a workhorse for them. This is not someone a team that's going to find themselves in the lead much this season. So Mark Ingram, a hundred and ten percent a sell high. I don't know what value you're going to get because it's this week too. It's you're gonna you're gonna get a flex receiver, but it will yes. be more valuable. Come by weeks, that flex receiver now that you're deciding one guy or the other for the flex, both of them will play for you throughout yeah. the bye week. So go get a go, flex go, level you know receiver. What? Go try to trade for Kenny Galladay. I feel like those that level guy you can get for Mark Ingram, they will be very valuable in your lineup, especially if you are like us and you start three receivers. Yeah, especially depending on your league. Find someone who's, whose value isn't going to diminish in the way that Mark Ingram is going to diminish. I promise you. Right. So, Travis... Now let's talk about some guys that we feel are going to bounce in this week. And what we mean by that... Make it bounce, man. This is a segment I want to call, Does It Bounce? Bounce Back Candidates. Things that bounce and things that don't. Let's talk about the things that will bounce this week. The guys that will make a comeback. And look, there's a theme in these guys that I brought up. The first guy I'm going to bring up... look. They're going to set it on the tee. It's an easy pickup here. Aaron Jones. Okay, look, as a team who, as my dynasty team, my main dynasty team, I had Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, and they both put up a le- they put up less than six points for me combined. I had that combo. I had, I had both of them. I'm, in two I'm easily the odds-on favorite to win the championship uh, that in that league. And Aaron, the Aaron brothers – went and took a week off and said, we're going to get this championship. We're taking week one off. 
we're flying back from Cabo. We'll see you when we get back. So that'll be much better. Start both without thinking yeah, about it. You start it. them in week two. They're facing Detroit. This is an easy bounce back candidate. Enough said. On to the second one. RJ, RJ2K. My man. Look, call the doghouse. I, well, this is this might be where we, we could differ all season long, but not this week. It's going to be fine. He faces the Atlanta Falcons after fumbling and being benched the second half. Apparently, he couldn't mentally take it. Hopefully, his attitude, the look on his face was absolutely defeated. And it was hard. It, it was hard. looked like he look, couldn't take it. It's hard to see it. these athletes struggle in the way that they do, <laughs> especially when shock. they just know that they missed a huge opportunity or that this could slip away from them. Or knowing that they hurt their own team. But... Again, these are the bounce-back candidates. And the, what I'm more interested in talking about is the the prospects of scoring for the Tampa Bay offense against this Atlanta front, which uh, essentially might not even show up. Because, look, Tampa Bay is going to be able to do whatever they want to this team. I don't see this being – they're going to – yeah, they're probably going to kill clock. They're going to be scoring touchdowns. I don't think they're going to hold up uh, against a division rival. But – They'll be up at half, and they're going to be running it out. I think that they know they need Ronald. He's a good running back. I think they know they're going to need him over the course of a long season. If if you do like Leonard Fournette better, and people believe that he is the one that they want to rely on down the stretch into the playoffs, then you don't want to run him all year long. You need Ronald Jones to help get you there, and then you can diminish his role and, and make that rotation a little bit smaller, shorter leash for Ronald. Over the course of the next 17 weeks, I think you see a lot of Ronald if he does not fumble. But I think he'll go out there against Atlanta, hold on to the ball for dear life, and I think he'll have a, a really nice bounce back week. That's a that's a great pick here. That's a good that's a good take. That's a really good take. I think they will be needing Ronald for the rest of the season. Maybe this is a confidence game for him. I'm excited to see him maybe see some of that burst again. And maybe we'll be talking about him as a possible sell high coming out of week two not me third not me i'm not selling Ronald. third bounce back is julio jones and he is jo- a third jones are you saying a third jones in a we row are jonesing for bounce backs this week okay and okay julio jones he struggled look looking at the, that whole offense struggled uh the carol or the cardinals they came to play on the defensive side of the ball they were getting after Ryan nasty. Chandler Jones with five sacks. That pass rush looks intense. Derrick Henry was bottled up, which means the passing game was predictable. Julio Jones had three catches, I think. And against a weak secondary that, look, the Cardinals did their jobs. But in the second week of the season now, uh, Julio gets a decent bounce back game against a look a, a pretty easy opponent and as i i forget who he's playing this week um i know that i know that he is primed to look he's he's a former all pro receiver um and he's someone who's going to demand targets throughout the season um i'm trying to find the schedule they face the seahawks seahawks that's right they face the seahawks and michael pittman just tore them up so you know, for you to say something like that in a time like this, 
I just, you know, I gotta say, I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate it. That was really it, not a, a very good showing by Julio, but it was, yeah, it was not like everybody else on the offense was was good and Julio sure. looked slow. They all sucked. I mean, Derrick Henry was bottled up, just like yours truly projected. This was a this was a win for the Julio is washed truthers out there, but Julio Jones is gonna have another chance. Um, like I said, I don't think I saw a guy on Twitter that that said he posted a picture of Chandler Jones stat sheet and said IDP is really fun. If you had Chandler Jones, you're probably thinking IDP is great. You know, I've never played in an IDP league, but I haven't either. But God, if I was going to start with one, I would be Chandler Jones week one. Yeah. Week one for Chandler Jones went as planned. I'm sure that was nice, but it didn't go that way for the first of the guys that I don't think have a chance to bounce back in week two. And that's Saquon Barkley. Unfortunately, look, I hate bringing his name up anytime it's not a positive um, talk. And he goes from facing a Denver defense that just made the front seven or the made the front uh, offensive line for the Giants look like they're just a junior varsity team. They were all over Daniel Jones. The average depth of target was not there for the team, and Saquon. Look, he he had the um, capability, not the capability, but we knew that there was a chance that he was only going to see a limited amount of work because of the injury and, you know, trying to ease him back into the season and not trying to ruin him. He had 10 rushing attempts, and he had 26 yards. And now you get Washington. And now you get Washington, <laughs> what arguably is a better defense. Of course. And – they're nasty up front. This look, if you remember what Saquon was facing when he got injured last year, that offensive line could not produce any room. He couldn't get anything going and that they were kind of having to lean on him. The only way he was even kind of valuable was the volume he was getting. And now he's not getting that. Look, if you started him this week and you did most likely you, you weren't getting the Saquon you drafted in the first round. So, I look. He's not bouncing back this week. Maybe shoot for week three. It's not looking good this week, though. James Robinson is another bounce back that I don't think is likely to happen. Travis, I don't know. I'm. I don't know that I'm with you on James Robinson. I think that they got game scripted out pretty quick. The Texans went up early. I. I don't like that they're playing Denver. Obviously, what we just saw them do to Saquon. They'll probably get game scripted out. But if they don't, I think the coaching staff in Jacksonville has to realize we've got to lean on the run. We have to establish this early because he's one of their best players. 5.4 points in a standard week one. I can see James Robinson getting to 10. I can see him getting 60, 70 yards against that tough defense. And just statistically speaking, a touchdown every other game is kind of what I'm expecting from him. So this would be the every other game. If he doesn't get it, it'll be disappointing. But, yeah, I, I, I'm i more worried about Saquon in that offense against Washington than I am about James Robinson. I think they, they give Robinson 20 touches. Oh, man, I don't know about that. I don't know if they can – I know they want to run the ball. I, I just I, – I find myself not able to trust Urban Meyer. I, I do not trust that he's not going to – Hasn't that been weird? I, I mean, I'm with Look, you on that. I was excited with the hire, and then – ETN and there was buzz around camp and Chenault and 
I watched the Jaguars game. I shouldn't have been because it was hard to watch. Yeah, it wasn't so much a game as it was a thrashing. Look, I don't trust Urban Meyer. Not it was gross. I don't trust him to to give James Robinson that workload. We could be looking at a game where James Robinson has 12 carries and Carlos Hyde has 11 or 12. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. He's got the old Ohio State man there. You know, it, it it's going to be gross. And I like James Robinson. I don't think he's a sell, but I think he's got you Look, flex him if you if you need to. But against this Denver, try matchup, to find a better option. Yeah, yeah it, I agree. Try to find a better option if you can. Um, the last uh, bounce back that we don't think is going to happen. Look, I just wrote two words essentially for Mike Davis. Mike Davis is a guy that you thought you were getting night value night. In. <laughs> I like Mike Davis. I he's got some pop to him, but that offensive line for the Falcons is doing no good. And as we talked about earlier with um, Ronald Jones. On the other side of the, the the field, Mike Davis is having to go against that stout running defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do not play Mike Davis. Uh, find someone else, you know, same boat as James Robinson. We, we just saw with, with Ezekiel Elliott, if Zeke's not getting it done with that O-line and his skills, Mike Davis is certainly not getting it done. Bench Mike Davis, find another option. This is This is kind of like... The Allen, the Jalen Ramsey effect, but in a rush defense with Tampa Bay. If you have another option, you're going to want to find it. Yeah, for sure. And look, now, Travis, I want to take some time to to say goodbye to some people that look. They're not they're not gone forever. But this breaks my heart. They're certainly gone for right now. And Raheem Mostert, look, he was a 29 year old running back on a run heavy team. It all looked so nice we we all heard and all had all had all seen the it was the a big write-ups about how this could be a huge year for him and he was a value and just he only he doesn't need a lot of touches heck we talked about him on this show about he doesn't need 20 touches he just needs 10 he just needs 12 and he could be he could take it to the house is that good he's, he's that good Same that's why thing. it's so sad if he sucked and he got hurt i wouldn't be so sad yeah. Fantasy wise, sure, it, I'm sad that Look, he got hurt in real life for him, but it hurts me to see a guy that losing good sucks, at fantasy when he's on the field just not players. get a chance. Jerry Judy, someone that we look, I compared him to Deontay Johnson. I thought he was going to have that kind of breakout, and now missing what could be half of the fantasy season this year. It is a look. It's it's a, it will be. It's a it kneecapper. You know, he broke his ankle, or a high ankle sprain, rather, which, if you don't know what a high ankle sprain is, it's essentially a broken leg. Like, it that's essentially what it is. You can't – he's going to be out quite a bit. It's going to be a look, while. When he comes back, he he's gonna. it's going to take some time to get back. So, Jerry Judy, year two isn't the breakout year, but, man, get healthy, get back. I'm excited to see all those crisp routes – return to the field and speaking of routes and guys running them a guy who loves to target those guys ryan fitzpatrick pulled a well not quite a tua but i had to look up i had to look up what a hip this was weird luxation was i had to ask my girlfriend who was in the medical field as is your wife and I had yep. to I had to ask her what this was, and essentially it's like a like a dislocated hip. Um, 
And this guy, he's looking at eight weeks. What's the projection for him to be out? Look, he's already advanced age. And recovering from this, you know, it's going to take some time. He's going to be sore for a very long time. And now we've got Tyler or Taylor Heineke, someone who performed admirably. And what this means for that team, Terry McLaurin is to me now, Trav, he's, he's a wide receiver too with a, with a wide receiver one hopes, you know, with wide receiver three floor. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, the, the range, look, the range of outcomes goes all over the place because he hasn't necessarily played. Yeah, it's unfortunate. T- everybody loves him too. That's what what's that's what sucks is. Yeah, Terry's on everybody's everybody good loves list. Terry, and Terry has played with bad quarterback play his entire career, pretty much. So it's not like anything's that big of a deal. And Fitzpatrick wasn't playing incredible football when he went out anyway. But he he does produce, especially when given the volume. Heineke had a decent playoff game last year, um, but he's not as prolific as Fitz. Logan Thomas, though, is someone I'm still interested in because, I mean, heck, I'm not going to toss Terry McLaurin off my roster, but if you can get someone possibly to to buy low on Terry, you know, maybe you can maybe you can swing a deal and you get a decent play. But uh, for this offense, I'm not. I'm going to hold this week. So we talked about what it what it means for the other Washington pass catchers. We know Elijah Mitchell for Raheem Mostert is the clear backup. Sermon will be coming in maybe this week. We don't really know what's going on there with Sermon. They'll probably be forced, they'll be forced to activate him at this point. But for the foreseeable future, I think uh, Mitchell will be the 1A either way. And then do you bump up Sutton and Noah Fant quite a bit now? Yeah, I'm, I was already big on Fant um, because, look, that's a guy that I, we had you know brought up the in our episode where we talked about the possible number ones at the position who are dark horses. Fant, look, he's not going to get the volume to be the number one tight end, but now that, unfortunately, a injury has occurred, Fant does have that uptick in volume most likely. He's a dynamic weapon, and, yeah, his stock obviously rises. Sutton's probably going to see some more value. And of course, um, this ancillary piece that always somehow finds his way to stick around in fantasy and Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick. I think he's the pickup, not, not Hamler. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Tim Patrick is going to be the pickup. Hamler. will see some added volume, but not a ton. He's never been a volume based receiver, but Tim Patrick, when, when given the opportunity has shown that he can be a, a reliable piece. He can be a wide receiver three with some wide receiver two upside. And yeah. that's what you, that's what you're looking for when you're looking the waiver wire. So, you know, put a claim in if he's not rostered and see what you've got, because Judy's going to be out for looking like a, a couple months. All right. Week one's in the books. We've got our week two preview coming up on Friday. Make sure you keep an eye out for it. Sage Alvarez, again, thank you so much for tuning in, joining us on this week's episode. That's going to do it for the week one recap. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Losing Sucks.